you lot. You listen to Garage Hammer, episode 177. On tonight's episode, the fat man length and the clever man length. Take a look at the Blight War, which is another battle between them Stormcast and Chaos. And it should be some dwarf, but it's not. But that's okay. We'll be there again soon, I guess. Along with them elves, which I don't care if elves show up or not. Let's be honest. Just shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the Garage, you tools. For the next three hours or thereabouts, we will do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way. Bringing you the cycle of disease, new narrative, and some important announcements. I'm Alex Gonzalez. I'm Pennywise, the dancing clown! We're done. I see. I, I had to because last week you're like, nope. So I'm like, this week I say, yep. And I like that movie, man. That That's great. You're wrong. That, sure. was, that guy was creepy as heck. Just the way he was talking and the weird stuff he did. Like, the more I watch that movie, the more I like it. Oh, Skarsgård? Yeah. No, he's a good actor, but nope. <laughs> Dude, that, nah, no. That guy was no, that was creepy. Like I'm excited to see what happens in the what they do with the sequel, because I'm like, oh, they actually did a decent job with this. I think the only people who are complaining at this point, if anyone's complaining, are the are the book purists. But you you can't watch movies and be a book purist. You just can't. There's no such thing as a book that translates purely to movies. Uh. So <laughs> you just really don't like clowns. You just don't like that one. Any of them. Got you. Okay. And I have, and for the record, so, so people understand, I have never seen it. I have never seen Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I've not seen any of those clown movies. Like this is an aversion since childhood. That I went to one of my cousin, little cousin's birthday parties, and I had a panic attack because there was a clown there. Um, yeah, oh, no. Alex. And there was a reason. Like when I did my circus goblins, my trolls were the clowns. For perfect reason, because clowns are stupid, and I'm afraid of them. So, I always said grown men dressed up in makeup, wanting to play with little children. There's just there's something not right about it. But that's neither here nor there. Ugh. So, okay, I got you. Now I know. Now I, I know. I got exactly what to get you for Christmas. Okay. So, you know what? Why don't we... Uh, why don't we thank the sponsors and get moving on before I uh, cause another panic attack in my good buddy here? Absolutely. So, um, we need to take a moment to thank the sponsors of Garage Hammer, which include Unique Gifts and Games. In Grays Lake, Illinois. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. You suck. <laughs> um, and Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Who are awesome, by the way. Yes. I love those guys. Um, I'm working on a quick video of the cool stuff they sent me, so going to have that up in a, soon, hopefully. So, and, hey, let's not forget to thank our Patreon associate producers, Shirley Tempel and Derek Zimmerman, and also our executive producer, Bradley Graham. And thank you to our newest patron, Wesley. It's just Wesley. He's like... Fabian or Cher. He's got like one name. So it just says He's that Wesley. cool. Uh, he must be. Uh, hey, you know what? He's he's 
I don't know about cool, but he's in the elite, less than 1%, which is actually getting close. I think a few more patrons will actually hit the 1%, which would be really awesome. Thank you all to our less than 1%, almost 1%, who make this show and everything we do in it possible. So thank you guys. Uh Let's see what else we got going on here. Hey, hey, uh, we had a, we had, the mailbag is going this week. Um, don't have I don't think we have any voicemail right now. Although we do have voicemail. Did you know that, Alex? We have voicemail. I did know that, but I just don't remember the number. It's one seven five seven G H show six. That's one seven five seven G H show six. But Dave, what if I'm an international caller? For most countries, just dial zero zero one seven five seven. Four four one four six nine six. That's G H show six. For those of you who don't use the letters, so give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. We love them. I don't know if I have any handy. I did not actually get to check because things were wonky. So, um, plus we have a mailbag, and so I want to just quick read some of the mail we got. I apologize. I am so congested. I don't know what is going on. Um. I'm sorry if I sound gross or if you can hear me sort of breathing hard. Um, that's not because um, I'm being weird. I am just so congested tonight. It's ridiculous. So uh, let's get on with the mailbag real quick. Uh, we did get one from Jim from Cincinnati. I'll read this one really quick. Hey, guys. Jim from Cincinnati here. Love the show. Just thought I'd give you my take on how the Dracothians' tail battalion works. So back to the GHB stuff. It's a flavor-based deep strike. You write your list as normal with all your units in the formation on there and just don't deploy them, similar to lightning strike for the Stormcast. Any unit that's in your list can summon for free. It looks pretty cool. Unfortunately, you have to take arguably the worst source units Seraphon have to use, the Knights. Anyway, just two cents from a scrub. So I didn't think about it that way. No. I didn't see it either just because of the summing mechanic, but... You know, he's probably got something there. Well, and, you know, if you think about it, though, once again, you've solved the the problem of 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 you know slow movement. You drop the whole army in within nine inches, and then every turn you can start moving a couple of them around. Yeah, it's actually not yeah. a bad idea. Uh, and I didn't think about that, but then again, I don't play Storm. I don't play Seraphon, so uh, I don't know much. Uh, I don't know that much about it. My take on them is often uh, flawed at best. So, And then let's see. We have one other email uh, from all the way from the land down under, Australia. So I'll read this one next. It says, good day, folks. It's Michael from Doom and Darkness. Uh, and to be honest, I couldn't work out how to dial in from Australia and leave a voice message. So that's sad. Um I didn't do my due diligence. I'm not 100% certain what Doom and Darkness is. I don't want to be rude. I'm just, that's, I don't know. Um, I got it a little late before we recorded. So, um, But thank you, Michael. Anyway, um, I don't know if Australia is a 001757GHO6 number, so maybe that's not it. Uh, on a positive note, I love, with a lot of O's, your show. The number one podcast, in my opinion. Why, thank you. Uh, I, I would have to agree, but you know, I'm, I'm biased. 
Uh, I generally laugh out loud while listening to you in the office, causing me to get all sorts of odd looks from my fellow employees. I particularly enjoy your book reviews because you cover the fluff and very nature of the actual units. It leaves me with a much better understanding of that faction, and when I finish listening to the podcast, I feel like I actually understand the faction as opposed to just the rules. Keep up the good work, and P.S., I love how much fun you seem to be having when recording these. Tell Alex I have lots of love for him as well. The show is much better with Alex as a constant. I totally agree with that. Um, so, hey, I like fan mail. I like people who write in and say how much they like the show. So I think that's awesome. And uh, so thank you, Michael, from Do Man Darkness. So appreciate it. Um, that's about it for the... Uh, that's about it for the mailbag, though. Mm-hmm. So why don't we take a quick break, come back, and we've got uh, news and rumors and toolbox, and we haven't done those in like this is like this is three episodes ago was the last time we did this. So we got it's it. been a while. Yeah. So let's uh, let's take a break, and when we come back, we will cover those things. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back with the Garage Hammer News Network. Excellent. So, news. Uh, let's see. Well, uh, Firestorm is up for pre-order by the time you're listening to this. In fact, it's almost out by the time you're listening to this. Um, have you seen anything about this, Alex? I have. I've been following the uh, leaks all week on Warhammer Community and... It looks pretty interesting. I saw they posted the Undead Pirates, which, uh, no cannons, but I don't know. I also had a zombie pirate army way back when, when they came out with Illustria campaign, and I was kind of disappointed they didn't have zombie cannons again, but, I think cannons shooting zombies would be awesome. Well, they were zombie shooting cannons. Oh, I thought a zombie cannon, like you just load them up in there and fire it, and wherever it lands, they just attack. That would kind oh, that would be cool. That would be like a zombie catapult, I guess, more than a cannon. Cannon might damage them too much. Meh. Meh. They can take it. They're zombies. But mm-hmm. um, actually, um, I'm, I'm holding the copy right here in my in my grubby little mitts right now. And uh, it's, it's very cool. Um, as a guy who loved Mighty Empires and ran several campaigns of Mighty Empires back in 7th, 
uh, not in seventh, uh, and several Mighty Empires campaigns in eighth, um, and uh, was hoping to be able to run something for AOS like Mighty Empires, and it never quite gelled from one into the other. Uh, this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I, am, I am very excited. Um, we are going. I think that's going to be the topic of our next episode, pretty much. I think. Yeah. Because there's some cool rules, there's some cool stuff. Uh, the map is really nice. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to go through it in depth, you know. Um, mm-hmm. It does have little things where you put little stickers on the on the territories where you're fighting, you know, with your per- person's name on them and stuff. Hmm. And um, I want to double check those because either you're going to need to buy like replacements or they're like color forms. You remember color forms, right? Sure. Remember color forms when you were a kid? They'd come with like a little board, and it had that like shiny, uh, like really like slick uh, finish to it. And then you had stuff that looked like stickers, but they were more like rubbery, plasticky stickers than actual sticker stickers. You could put them on and and, and take them off and put them back on again, and use no. them over and over again. Really? No. Well, I am old, and you're making me feel older. No, I just try to block most of memories. Pre college, so wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, who um, hurt you, Alex? That's what I want to know. There was a lot. Most of it was me. <laughs> That's besides the point. Um, so but there's a lot of cool bits and bobs. A lot of cool things. Um, I'm going to give a, a, a little. Just, I'll give like a quick two minutes here. Uh, some of the coolest parts I like is unlike Mighty Empires, where you just set and build an army. Um, you're free to play any type of games you want. They actually have lists of uh, battle plans that are completely unbalanced, and you can play that with your opponent if you want. Uh, oftentimes, the attacker is more powerful than the defender because they're unbalanced, so you bid. You bid victory points. You're like, okay, I will uh, I will give you X victory. So you and your opponent each write down how many victory points you'll give to the other guy, and whoever bids the highest gets to be the attacker, but his opponent gets all those free victory points towards towards their battle total because you they score them by victory points. Mm-hmm. So if you bid too low, and if you, if you both are bidding really low, um, the guy who bids higher is going to, you know, you, you, could, you, could, you could win but then get crummy points. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but if you bid too high, you give away the store. So there's right. cool stuff like that going on, um, and then you actually get there's cards that you you get a small deck of cards and you can add to it, and you shuffle that up and you draw X amount of cards, and that amount of cards will tell you how many points you have to work with. Like hmm. your cards each have things on them, and including like how many points you have to work with to actually play your game. So you're never actually coming in with the same... So you won't have the same army all the time, necessarily. You won't have the same points in your list every time because things change as you're moving around and doing stuff. It's very cool. Hmm. Um, There are three territories where if you can grab the three territories and then do a special maneuver thing, boom, you can win automatically because they're like the three most... It's like an auto win. I I have... You know, it's like I just grabbed Boardwalk Park Place and and, and the railroads... So I'm that would be much, seven places, though. Well, yeah, but there's a lot more spots on. There's only twenty three. Oh, that is not. Well, there's only twenty three spots on the board, whereas there's okay. like 
40 in Monopoly. So, I, I mean, you know what I'm saying, though. I, I know. But uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm keen to start a campaign with this over at UGG on Friday nights once... Once, uh, once this is officially out and gets rolling, I am. Yes, yes, I said it. I am keen to start a, a campaign with it, and we will go into real depth of it, including the little lore and all the cool stuff with all the cities and things. Uh, and episode one seventy eight, one seventy eight. You realize what this means, don't you? One seventy eight. Not entirely. Well, this is episode 177, which means last well, episode yeah. was one year away from hitting episode 200 at, at the rate we're going. Oh, Lord. This time next year, end of summer, we'll be celebrating the big 200. That's, a, that's you know, providing I don't get hit by a bus or something between now and then. So, Jeez, I'm just a little rainbow of sunshine, aren't I? Do-do-do-do. So, yeah. Uh, but no, Firestorm. Cool pre-order. If you are interested in playing campaign map-based campaign games for Age of Sigmar, this is really cool. I really like it. I actually looked at it and said, is there some way I could work my actual Mighty Empires because I love the old tiles? Yeah. And then I looked at it and said, you know, I don't, I don't even need to bother. Like, you know. Yeah, the they kind of cool. cover everything with the map and all the different markers and stuff. I can only imagine that they're going to come out with expansions for this with different, because this is one realm, you know, with with all these different little territories within the realm. I mean, you could literally put out at a minimum eight of these. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you did one per realm. Yeah. And you could always do other sections within the same realm. So there's the, the, the ability to come out with more territories and more, more maps and more things like that is just absolutely limitless. It's fantastic. I'm super stoked about this game. So, mm-hmm. let's see. What do we got? What's next? The Paint app. Oh, have you tried it? I have been playing with it almost every day. I know. Um, looking at all the different combinations and techniques and everything. It's ri- like I like the Duncan videos, but they don't always apply to what I'm working on. Now I have something in my pocket that applies to everything at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for someone like me who doesn't always know which colors go together, for someone who doesn't always understand color theory, just the myriad options that are available. I mean, you can pick by model or color or um, things like that. So, I mean, I literally... I actually was using it when I was painting my Lord Celestin, uh, my, my Celestin Prime the other day. Hmm. Because there isn't a painting guide on the website for the Celestin Prime. There isn't a Duncan video for that. And I've used the Duncan video for some of the other things. And I was looking, I'm like, how do you paint this stupid swirl? Because I still, I don't blend well enough to get the cool stuff like they've got going. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there looking at the colors. I'm like, okay, this is dark purple going into, light, into a lighter blue. I'm so like, okay, dark purple. You know what? Pull out the app. Click on purple. It gives you this, like seven different purple options for shades. Pick the really dark. Okay, here's the colors. All right, boom, pop, pop, pop. Pulled them out of the. Pulled them out of my little uh, art kit, and uh, and ready to go. And and boy, howdy, they worked. You know. Mm-hmm. And each one of them uses the little you know Space Marine backpack as the as the sample. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's like on the Forge World site where they use the guy running from the giant for the size comparison for everything. Yeah. And here it's just like Space Marine backpack for everything. Just Here's the color. Yeah, is- and they do it by either layering or dry brushing depending on what your skill set is or what techniques you're comfortable with. Yeah. So you can see how to do it multiple ways and see the difference between the two techniques. Oh, yeah. No, it's... So, there's a lot more to it than just, here's how you paint this. Yeah, but if, and, and they don't have all the models, obviously, but the ones they do have there, you click on it, and they've got little, you know, little things, you know, highlights for each different su- section. You can just click on that, and it gives you all the colors for that, each section. Um, they got the different types of bases they do, and mm-hmm. what they use for all of it. It's just, it's great. Like... Like you said, the Duncan videos and the and there are Duncan videos for some of the things in here, which obviously yeah. go into way more detail, and you can see how he does it, and that's great. Like if you, but if you just want something quick and fast, and hey, just you know, at least tell me what colors you use and what you're using. It's great, and they even got a paint inventory and a wish list. You can literally keep track of what paints you have, mm-hmm. which. You have no idea how many times I've gone to UGG and bought paint I already have. Yeah, or I'll forget to buy some paints just because I don't think about it. Right. Because, I mean, I don't make a list going to the store, even though I really should. But now it's on my phone. Exactly. And then and then if there is something that you're running out of, you can click that into the wish list, too. So when you show up, you, do, you can make a list right there mm-hmm. in the app. No, it's, dude, it is... I love this app. I really do. I'm like, for a free app. And then they gave away the whole first week it's out. They were, you know, you you download the app and they send an email to you telling you won 100 paints. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't win. Me neither. That's okay, though. I mean, it's, I mean, they've. They, but they, we all win with this app. Exactly. Though. I didn't win free paint, but boy, howdy. I got. What I did get out of it, it's it's just it's really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a for a, for a for a free, simple app, it does way more than I expected it to do. You know, yeah. I love it. It's fantastic. So, uh, should we uh, should we switch up gears real quick and just mention forty k? I think we should just because the models are stellar. <sighs> Death Guard book. First of all, the book is pretty good too. I always like, you know, I like Nurgle, and you know, I like, I mean, the Death Guard's cool. Uh, that Mortarian model is just stupid. It is, and I saw the day it came out. There was a local guy in my store putting it together, and he's on the same size base as the Celestin Prime, but he fills that space a lot better than the Prime does. So uh, he's a huge model with. I didn't even know. He was going to have posing options. Like, you can have the lantern in one hand and the scythe in the other, or you can switch it up depending on what your flavor is. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, I think one of my local guys is going to do Mortarian dual wielding the lantern, which double doesn't make any sense, but, you know, whatever. (laughs) Um, And the lantern, for those that are not familiar, is the name of his plasma pistol. Um. Because I learned that in the Horace Heresy novels, or listening to Dave's podcast, but that's besides the point. After Eleanor, uh, which you can yeah. catch on the Freebooters Network, which is there it is. Thank you. Yeah, no, I read that one in Flight of the Eisenstein. I think it was one of the last Horace Heresy books I read, but the model is amazing. 
I don't know. I am so model intimidated by that guy. Oh, um, yeah. It's not even funny. And then all the new Death Guard, the new Death Shroud Terminators, the light drones that are coming out. It's just Every one of them is a home run. Every yeah. one. I have not seen one model that they have brought out for this Death Guard release that I looked at and went, eh, I don't know about that one. The only thing I don't understand is the mouth tummies, but that's but That's a Nurgle I, thing. That's a chaos thing, because the Blood Warriors from the starter set, the champion has a tummy mouth. Yeah. Uh, I, don't know. I don't understand that look, but you know what? You whatever makes them happy. mouths, whatever. Yeah, I, I guess so. Um. And the Adeptus Mechanicus are on pre-order at the time that this is uh, when this is released too. Yeah, that's uh, the Skatari, the Tech Priest, the Knights, and I think there's maybe one other thing in there. I'm not 100 percent sure. <laughs> yeah, if you like to paint red and machines, then yeah. that's oh, that stuff looks really looks really good too. I still think that the Nurgle stuff that came out is 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 the is the thing though right now. It is just yeah. so good. Yeah, the only thing I didn't really care for is the dice. Um, I don't get I don't, that. I'm no, not a bit. You don't understand my dislike for it. No, I don't get the dice. Did you hold one? No. Okay, they're plastic and hollow, so they're so super light. They're super light, and when you shake one in your hand, you don't feel it. That's like those dice that they put out when 8th edition first came out. I bought a bag of those dice. No, no, no. Those, these are lighter. Really? And they don't bounce very well. How do you weigh less than nothing? Those old dice didn't weigh anything. If you've got somebody in your local store that has these dice, just ask if you can hold one and roll it. And does, I mean, it looked like like the little numbers, like the each each pip is like a little pustule. So. Pustule. So I mean, so I'm guessing the sides must recede so that the pustule comes out, but doesn't go past the edges, so it can actually land flat. No, th- no, I'm I don't just if you've got them, they make great wound markers. I think um, I would have a hard time rolling them. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a hard pass on those. Okay, I got enough garage hammer dice. In fact, uh, I'm hoping in the next couple of months we're gonna do a new set. We've got blue, we've got red. I think next we're probably going to go green. Because mm-hmm. that was the color Chris you always wanted because he played orcs and goblins. You're a green skin lover as well. So I'm thinking next set will be green mm. if we do another set. And uh, I'll just stick with those because that one. Plus they put the pip, they put the pictures on the ones on the other. I, just, I love them. Don't get me wrong. I've got some of the Horus Heresy dice. They're very cool. Um, but no, I'm taking a pass on those Nurgle dice. That's just me personally. Yeah, if you like them, folks, get them. Like, oh, of course, I'm not. You know, yeah, but it, I'm there. I don't. First of all, my die. I want to have some weight in my dice. If they're yes, if yeah, if they're that light, I that there's something wrong about that. As far as I'm concerned, so, but. uh all right, so there, yeah, there you go. There's, there's, there's the miss of the week. The, the Nurgle dice. I, I'm, I, I'm not cool. I'm not keen on the look, and I'm certainly not keen on the fact that they apparently don't weigh anything. So, so, uh, I think that's it. Isn't that it for the news? Well, for GW, 
But but the big announcement uh, got posted today is the Adepticon registration information. Um, it's time, folks. Uh, so, yeah, the uh, GW community uh, page had a very wonderful article, and Chris Meerstadt had contributed to part to it, talking about the 40K team and like all the different events we're going to have at Adepticon. Um, so it kind of outlined what you should be doing um, as far as like registration. So November 3rd, the cart preview goes live, which is where you'll see like the calendar, all the different draft rules for the events and everything like that. So, so you can kind of plan out what you're doing. And then two weeks later, November 17th, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, that's when everything goes up for sale. And that's when you got to get in line for those VIG bags and yeah, remember, everything. Remember, 9 o'clock, 9 o'clock. That way I get. <laughs> You're a jerk. Um, <laughs> hey, I got to get my VIG badge too. So yeah, I know. Um, so that's March 22nd through 25th of next year at the Schomburg Renaissance. It's going to be amazing. Get this. And get this. What? 22nd through 25th. 25th is Sunday, right? Yeah. 26th through 30th. Spring break. Again. Yeah, you guys did it again. Uh, it, it it's, it's very hard for me to get the days. In fact, that day, that is like the last day of the third quarter. So I have to get all my grades in mm-hmm. like before I leave. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, like I don't necessarily have to rush home on Sunday again. It's just so beautiful. I'm so excited. Like this, this works out perfect. Thank you, Adepticon. For, yeah. for catering to me personally. Of course, that's our job. Um, <laughs> so the other big news as far as this is concerned, um, given the success we've had for the last two years with the Age of Sigmar events doubling in size every year, and given that the game has grown so much, we have Games Workshop coming back with the community team, we're going to have Warhammer TV again. Yeah. We've doubled in size. So... Right now, I have spots for 176 people in the championship, um, which is pretty substantial, I think, personally, um, which means we have about 88 uh, tables. So that's a lot of people that we're going to be looking to accommodate. Um, So if you're interested, we're going to have room, but I would recommend signing up fast so, so you can guarantee your spot. So, I am debating at this point. I am seriously considering um, just uh, helping be a judge. Okay. I've, I've never done it. I'm not promising, although by saying it on the air, I'm pushing myself more to do it. Because I can always bring my stuff and hang out and play with people in the evenings or at you know off on the side, get to pick up games and stuff. But I know you're always short people, and we're always asking for people, and I'm always on the air every year saying, come on, people, help out. And I think it's time I put my money where my mouth is, which is right here by this microphone, and uh, and help out. Plus, this way, if I got a break and go run to pick up uh, my ticket to go to do the, the vendors thing at night, because they like sell those things right in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. I know I can run off and do that and not be in the middle of a game, you know? Sure. So... 
Yeah. But um, if you're interested in helping out folks, volunteer at adepticon.org. Um, we are always looking for good people willing to help. So, yeah. So. But yeah, I think that's really the big news. But I don't know, 176 people. That concept really makes me happy. So, I don't know, folks. I'm excited. I'm excited. And honestly, and just as as a guy who's not not connected to Adepticon, other than the guys who like you who run it are friends of mine. Um, I know that you are working hard to make sure it's a good time. Um, and that's always been the most important thing to me. Like mm-hmm. I know, I know it's going to sell a, a ton of tickets, and I know you always watch those numbers because that's what you got to do. You run the event. But the one thing I know is whether they sell out 80%, 90%, 100% of the tickets, it's a good time. And that's, that's, I mean, that's why it's doubling every year, folks, because it's having a good time. Oh, guess, dude, get this. Uh, you know Shirley Tempel? Yeah. Our, uh, you know, uh, the, the Tempel family was at Akon last year, but they kind of came last minute. They weren't in for the events and stuff. Yeah. They're going to be in for the events this year. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm excited, you know. I know a bunch of people. A bunch of people have reached out to me in the past week. Uh, And some people even last month, you know, before all these announcements came out, and have said, hey, look, I'm definitely going this year. Um, I know that you go every year. Uh, Is there any, you know, any suggestions that you have or anything I should do or anything that, you know, I should... You know, some people thought that the, 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 the... Stuff would be up already. I'm like, no, dude, you got to relax. Um, but a bunch of people contacted me saying that they're going to be they're going to be coming to uh, adept either Adepticon for their first time or they've been there and they're going to be playing AOS for their first time. Like, I'm really stoked about this. Yeah, it's going to be a big show. We're really looking forward to it, and I don't know, just to see that kind of growth in the community consistently and. I'm sure we're going to have more players come over from overseas. Um, pretty sure we're going to have a good representation of the UK tournament scene coming over. So if you want to meet like all the regulars for either just tournaments or just the people that you hear get talked about all the time or people that host podcasts, this is going to be like that big social gathering. And by the way, let's all roll some dice and have some fun. Yes, yes. And I'm excited. I'm already working on lists and stuff because now with the 17 out, I'm trying to try different things. Mm-hmm. So that's my big thing is trying to try different lists. I've been playing. You know, we got all these options with Stormcast, and I play a lot of the same stuff. So it's like yeah. now that now that they changed up the costs on all those battalions and stuff, I'm I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe I don't want to just drop a hundred points out of my list to to make up for the battalion and call it a day. Maybe I want to try something different. So, But that's not for this segment. That's for the toolbox, which is coming up next. The toolbox. Should we go right into the toolbox? I mean, we've been going for about a half hour. We could take a break. We probably should. I think people are getting tired of hearing us. If they were getting tired of hearing us, they'd have gotten tired of hearing us about 150 episodes ago. So at this Truth. point, I'm going to keep going. So, All right, you know what? Let's take that break, though. Let's break right here, and when we come back, it's time for the Toolbox, brought to you by Chaos Arc Superstore. Chaos Arc Superstore. Chaos Arc Superstore. Chaos Arc Superstore. 
unique gifts and games in Grays Lake, Illinois is your one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your gamer may want, from board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program. Check out their events calendar, in-store or online. From Tuesday night miniature games and Thursday night board games to Friday night magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. And we're back. Yes, we are. We are back with the Toolbox, brought to you by Chaos Work Superstore. Alex. Dave. Have you been doing any modeling? I have a feeling you have. All day, every day. Um, (laughs) Living that model life. Oh, God. Um, So I just finished up uh, a five decimators for... Holy Havoc, the narrative tournament that's coming up in November. Yeah. Um, so I don't have to paint any more models for it. So those are my last five to be done, which is nice. much relieving. Um, so for these guys, I use the Blood Angel Sanguinary Guard Heads to give them something a little more unique. Um, I'm not a fan of the stock Decimator Heads. The little sunshine sunburst ones behind them, I really didn't care for that. Um, I want to do something a little grimmer, a little darker to represent their nature, but I wasn't a super fan of the, like, bareheaded stormcast, because it's, you know, you wear your helmet. Yeah, Um, you wear, that's like, that, I'm so glad you agree, that's like, that's become a mantra of the show. Wear your helmet. Dude, Ryan Nickel actually sent me a message because he saw that I bought all these Devastators. He's like, I know you're a wear your helmet guy. Do you have any extra of the helmetless head bits? Because I know you you won't use them. I'm like, you're darn right I won't. Oh, yeah. I got a bunch of those, too. Um, so, got those. They're done. Um, I used the starter set ones. And I actually got these converted mostly by Nick Fenske. He had taken the starter set, added some axe bits, and he used one of the Dark Angel's uh, Retribution Maces, or whatever it's called. It's the right. big one that looks like a Morning Star. That's the Star Soul Mace Head. So it looks a little different. Um, and I'm pretty happy with it. Nice. So we'll take it for what it is. It's a unit that I needed to convert, and with what John and I are doing, the axe has made more sense than just regular Retributors. So, And then I've got some Salamanders that I'm working on. So. Uh-huh. Got to get it done for PACA. Got to get that narrative list done for PACA. I've got about 16 Marines done right now. I've got to finish quite a bit more, plus a couple of tanks. So got to get that done. And everyone's put together. Just got to get it done. And then I finished assembling all of the Mulder Skaven. I've got most of them based. I'm using a Green Stuff stamp from Happy Seppuku to get like a swampy type base going for them. So I just need the bases for my storm fiends to come in and then I'll be start rocking something different, which will be cool. I think. Nice. Yeah. How about you? Well, um, Oh, you know what? Before we go, let me ask you a question real quick. Go ahead. I know you're going to Holy Havoc. That's the team tournament. 
Yeah, yeah. It's a narrative event, basically. Mm-hmm. It's a fluffy narrative event. So sure. Uh, you going hard as nails with your list? Or you're going with something fun. I'm playing Stormcast in a environment that requires a lot of model count to claim objectives, so not really. Okay, I'm just asking because <laughs> you know because I'm 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 I'm, tr- I'm trying. I think I'm going. Like I'm not signed up to go. Like that's not what it is. And I'm hoping that I can find someone who's gonna let me uh, let me share a hotel room at some point because I got to do that too. And I don't want to spend for a whole whole hotel room for myself because. I don't need a whole hotel room for myself. I literally need the couch to lay on. Um, But I'm just, I want to go just to see my friends and hang out and maybe help out Herner, you know, maybe be the Mm -hmm. ringer, like, you know, that type of thing. Um, But like, I, you know, like I know, I know even from last year, like I was going through and seeing who was there and looking at the list and stuff like that, you know, and I, I, I don't quite get when, People know they're going to a narrative event, and 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 then they bring a beat stick, and now and that's on Herner because I love Herner, but he doesn't put down the hey, don't bring a beat stick. Like when you it, and you know and you know, I don't I don't often agree with Reliant when it comes down to tournament stuff because we just don't have the same. It's not that I disagree with him per se so much as we you don't just have come the, at it from a different mindset. We don't have the same philosophy, but on this I agree with him one hundred percent. If you're not gonna enforce it. And 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 really spell it out in the beginning in your rules pack. You you know then people are going to bring whatever they want to bring. You know and people are going to bring beat sticks. So I'm not complaining. And heck, I'm not even playing. I got no room to talk. I was just curious as to what you were doing because, like, I just I'm another person like you. You, you know, if, if you don't lay it out, I mean, heck, you know, I'm going to be playing in a 40k narrative, and I am I am not. After last year at the 40K narrative, I'm not I'm not bringing super fluffy list. I'm not bringing a heavy crazy list, but I'm not bringing a super fluffy list either cuz No, mine's a little toothier than last year too. I got I got I got annihilated last year. I did too. Every game. So this year, I got about 36 Okay, I have all these stupid ultramarines. I got about 36 models in my list. I actually had to go out and buy 30 models because <laughs> because I have to uh because I'm I'm uh, I'm, I'm putting this together, and it's and it's great. I got some help from my friend Jay. Um, he's like, "Yeah, this is good. You should you should do this." And and uh, I'm, I'm I'm liking what I'm looking at, so I think it'll be fun. But I just, I just yeah. want to ask, and I, I wasn't even planning on asking because I didn't realize that's what you were going to talk about. You know, that about I wasn't you know. But when you brought it up, it just popped into my head. Oh, what do you what are you doing for for that? It's a narrative. Yeah, no, no. John and I are doing Stormcast and Darkwing Covens. Oh, okay. So. I mean, it is what it is. We were going to do something else, but there are some issues with getting stuff painted in time. So we went with the stuff that we have painted. So I'm just doing generic Stormcast. I'm not doing anything super crazy. I mean, hell, I took Decimators. So <laughs> I, I, and everyone knows how I rank those. But I mean, realistically, we went with the models that we have and that we want to play with. And that's the end of it. So. That's, I don't think we're going to be anything too hard as nails. We're trying stuff that's a little different. And in this type of environment where you need so many bodies, Stormcast, have, they have a problem. But I don't know. John and I also took Flagellants and Darkling Coven last year. So <laughs> we're not one to talk. There you go. 
I just, I was just curious. That's just, that's just me. I should get off my soapbox. I don't even know why I brought it up. I just, it, was, it just, it just popped into my head as a thing. Um, and I hope I didn't upset anybody. But uh, I just love you, Herner. Yeah. Hey. No. Hey. I. I. You know. I didn't mean. I didn't mean to slam Steve either. Totally. That's not. That was not my intention. That's on anybody who's running a narrative event to, if you want fluffy list to make sure people understand that's exactly what you want and so you know that's that was that was not my intention i realized now as you said that i, I might have come off that way and that was not my intention at all um it's a great event everybody i know who goes to it says they have a lot of fun um i'm just i was just curious because not a ton of narrative events get run and there always seems to be the people whose their narrative is my guys came to win. So, found two hell cannons in the forest. <laughs> so okay, let's see. I've been doing some storm. I, now, honestly, I've only had about three or four days of hobby since Adepticon. Not Adepticon since uh, Gen Con. Uh, school started like the day I got back, and it's been uh, this year's interesting. So, I will let you know what I've done. Uh, I'm almost done with my Celestin Prime. Um, I've got. Most of him done. I got to put the shoulder pads and the head on, uh, but I finally got, you know, both levels of the the cape done. The wings are done. Everything's done except that freaky space base thing that I got to do. Um, and I'm certain that'll take a while because there's all sorts of little details in it. But I feel good to have it mostly done. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, now I finally got the wings the way I want them. I'm so excited, man. I am so excited I got the wings the way I want them. Um, my old With wings, the mother of Pearl? Yeah. Now, my old wings were okay. You know, they were they went from a dark blue at the center out to an edge to a really pale blue. Um, you know, um, and they looked okay. They're, I, I, they're, 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 it's not smooth blending at all. It's just like layers. You know what I mean? Um, because I'm not, I just, I don't have that skill and I'm, I'm not very good with an airbrush. Um, but so what I tried was I was sitting around one day trying to do this and I'm like, you know, I, they're supposed to be like these bright light crystal things and I popped into my head, you know, why don't you try that mother of pearl thing that you tried back with the dwarves forever ago? Uh, it didn't work on, on that, but you know, I've, I've learned a little bit since I tried that, like it was over two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So I learned a little bit about painting. So I went and I took the Duncan steps, the Duncan technique for painting the the white on the inside of the cloaks that I got from the for the Celestin Prime and the Lord Celestin on Dracoth. And I did that. Just went in with the gray, the light gray to the even lighter gray. Um, I thought about going with white along the edges, and I said, "Nope, you know what? Just leave it." Um, uh, I went with that really light gray on the 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 character you know with the arrow and the and the the birdie arrow guy the night venator that's him um really light gray and then i just took its testers airbrush paint testers has an airbrush mother of pearl it's just called pearl actually uh and i i brushed that on over the super light gray and it in the, it catches that sheen in the light just beautifully and i'm like oh my gosh this is great uh, so on the now on the Lord Celestine, I did go back after the two layers of gray, and I went in with like the white white, and did a very thin coat, um, not just over the edges, the whole thing. Like I wasn't trying to highlight it with the white. 
I went in solid coat of the light gray, solid coat of the super light gray, solid, very thin coat of the white to make them even brighter. Boom. Then when it was dried, put that, just brushed on that tester's airbrush paint pearl, and I'm, I'm, I, I like it. I tried it with leaving, with highlighting. The problem mm. is where it's white and with the pearl, it's bright. But where it's grayish with the pearl on it, it looks like silver. Oh. Because the pearl lightens up that gray and gives it that sheen, and suddenly it looks silver. Hmm. So I'm like, nope, not working. Got to go white. You need to go as white as possible and then hit the pearl on it. Uh, it's I, I really like it, though. Like, I'm very pleased. So um, other than that, I should move along with this because it's taking me too long. Let's see. Um do, 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 do. Uh, what, else, what else do I have here? Um, oh, I've, I've been working on my Ultramarines. I got that 1250 list uh, for PACA, and I am building the heck out of that so they will be ready in time. I am in super hobby mode is engaged. Like, it's pretty much, I don't have a lot of time for it, but I'm constantly thinking about it, working on lists, making sure everything's honed. I've got a plan down. Um, I'm thinking about for... Uh, I'm thinking about getting that Star Drake built and trying to write him into a list because hmm. I, I like it. And I never use the big stuff because I always have the Lord Celestin Dundrakoth and I like his ability and I like I just like playing him. But I'm trying to move out of my comfort zone and take other things. And that's a huge point investment. So it's like if I screw it up, it's bad. Right. But, it, but it's an awesome model. And it's like if I don't t- – if I'm not going to take him, I'm never going to build him and paint him. Right. And I'm not going to take three – no, no. You know, and then three units of of liberators just to go with them. I'm just, I just want one. I want mm-hmm. one built, and I want to paint it. So that's what I'm doing. That's my hobbying. How about gaming for you? Um, well, I'm gaming pretty much every other weekend right now. I just played. Uh, I've not been doing my Stormcast a lot because I've been trying to get outside of that. I've been playing them so hard for so long. So I am in the process of trying to figure out how to make the Moon Clan work underneath the new rules, and not doing so well with it. Um, apparently, I'm not that good of a Moon Clan player. But <laughs> I played against Iron Jaws last weekend. We played—I forget which scenario it was. I think it was just Knife to the Heart. But he sat a unit of brutes back in the corner in a mystical tree with his objective marker, and he didn't play with ten brutes. But he. Stomped a mud hole. It was so bad. He chain activated three units before I got to activate one of mine, just with their smashing and bashing, and just completely tore me apart. Oh, is that if you wipe out a unit, the next guys just get to attack? Yeah. He did that three times in succession, one of which was my war boss, another of which was a mangler squig, and another of which was the troll unit. He just cleaned my clock so hard. It's Iron Jaws now. Hey, they're good. They is. They should be because they's the best. Yeah, and he was running two mobs of 20 Ard Boys, so he's getting that plus three to charge bonus. And he rolled like a five on the dice, and he's like, oh, that's not a long charge. I'm like, you rolled an eight. Uh, That's a great charge. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. That's really good. So that sounds like you're having fun at least. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be trying them out a little more, but I definitely want to start playing the rats again, or the rats soon, 
And then I've got a 40k game lined up tomorrow against the hated nemesis Duskwraiths, which are the Drakari. That's what the salamanders refer to them as, is Duskwraiths. Oh. So they're kind of my bane. Like, I really do not like the Drakari. Who plays them? Just um, one of my local guys, Kyle. He's going to be coming up to PACA with us this year. Sweet. Uh, It's his first time. So he's doing all the 40K stuff, and he's got a pretty gnarly Dark Eldar list that most of us cannot figure out how to shut down. So it's uh, it's going to be good. He's a real sweet guy. He's an awesome painter, too. So really good representation of Screw City. So Nice. Very nice. How about you? Um, I've been playing a little AOS and a little 40K because that's how I roll. Um, I got my giant battle foam case. Um, I have like ha- I have like it's half and half. I got some some ultramarines in there and some stormcast in there. So when I go to Friday Night Warhammer, whoever shows up, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. So I've been playing a little both stormcast. I'm just playing stormcast like I always do. I'm just trying different lists now. Um, like I said, with that battalion going up in cost, rather than just dropping out three pigeons out of the list for that hundred points and saying that's it, you know. You already have. I already have so few models in that army. Mm-hmm. You know, I've literally got. I think what thirty models in that army. Yeah, it is not a lot of bros. You drop out three. That's a that's a big chunk to drop out. I mean, and the pigeons aren't. It's not like they're a power unit, but they can grab objectives. They can do things and lose. I mean, you just can't afford to lose another unit. So, I'm trying to play without the extra battalions. Mm-hmm. You know, I lose the extra artifact. I lose the cool abilities, but I gain, you know, bodies. Yeah, I mean, it's two hundred twenty points. That's five retributors. Yeah, which that's nothing to sneeze at. No, it is not. So, plus, I want to. I really want to uh, take one of the massive regiments of liberators. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, oh, boy! Thirty liberators, hammer and shield liberators, just like your average Joe. Not so awesome liberators. You know, you give them a couple of buffs, and next thing you know, they're like, you know, two or three up saves, rerolling ones, just hitting things. Like, just hey, we're, we're that's it's a slow grind, but they're that's kind of you know, I just it's that dwarf thing again. They are they're giant dwarves. But no, then, if I get a ton of bodies, then it's like I get. Then I feel like I'm playing my undead again, <laughs> right? So, um, I've been playing a little 40k too. Um, I did find out that the Land Raider, uh, I forget which one it is. It's the one that's got those little grenadey things on the front. Um, the Crusader. Yeah, yeah. When I bought the used army, that's what I got with it. Mm. Um, those things are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The Land Raider I'm planning on using is the Redeemer. That's one of the flamethrowers. Right. So I don't think mine has those. Yeah, that's not even in my list. My list for pack is just all uh, just all foot. But uh, I was just playing at UGG, and the guy came in with some stuff. And I'm like, I'm just going to try things I've never played with. I'm like, I'm pulling this out, drop it on the table. It was dumb. That thing is just brutal. 
Yeah, the Land Raiders are really real. They're really, are, I mean, like, I mean, I knew it looked good, but you know, looking good and playing great are not always the same thing. It's, yeah, yeah, it's it's so good. It's so dumb. Yeah, they're they're tough. And they just kick out so much damage. Yeah. So no, I was like, it does what? Like even I'm going down the list, going, wow, this is just crazy amounts of. And then people are shooting us, and I got two of save. So give me. <laughs> yeah, but it's an investment. Yeah, no, so. it's it's a lot of points. I mean, it's not it's no joke, but it's still like it feels like bringing a knife to a gunfight. Like dude had chaos Marines and he had like one of those little walkie things, you know, and the defiler. Yeah. And then he had uh, a couple of rhinos with guys in them. And then he had, um, another, another little vehicle, but had the giant scoop in front with the cannon, a vindicator. That's it. Vindicator. I don't know the names of any of this stuff yet. I know. Um, so I looked at him like, look at all that. I had like one vehicle. I had the Land Raider and just a bunch of guys. I felt bad because it just was like, I'll I'll blow up everything. Come on. I was like, gee whiz. So that was my lesson. Land Raiders are good. So uh, that's it for me for playing. Um I will be playing tomorrow as well, though. I will be at UGG tomorrow, about 5.30. Um, I'm bringing both both, uh, both sets. I've been there in case anyone... We had a couple of days with guys. Like I said, last week, dude showed up. He hasn't played since, I think, like 6th edition. But <laughs> he heard 8th is great. He watched some battle reports online, showed up with an army. And so, like, I'm there every Friday. If anybody shows up who's new, who wants a demo game, or who wants to try something out... That's why I'm there, you know, trying to build the community and get more people there. So some weeks people show up with AOS stuff or their old their old Warhammer stuff. Some days they show up with their 40K stuff, and that's what I do. So it's good, though. It's fun. So let's jump to other, and then, and then uh, we can uh, we'll listen to the Blight War. Oh, yeah, the Blight War. So what do you got for other? Um, well, Carrie and I have been watching The Deuce on HBO. It's it's weird. Um, not sure if we're going to stick with it. It's not safe for work. It's not PG in the least. Yeah, um, I it's saw, weird. Yeah. It's weird seeing Maggie Gyllenhaal play like a sexual character because yeah. I identify her as you know Batman and the love interest there in The Dark Knight, and it was fine, and she's relatively normal and. You see her in this show, and it's it's not that. Yep. Um, so we're not sure if we're going to stick with it, but we're on Series 2 of Ripper Street from BBC. And this has Braun from Game of Thrones playing a straight-edge cop, which is a really weird thing to see him play. <laughs> because we're so used to – I'm so used to him being the womanizer, openly sarcastic, out-for-himself type of guy to play a character that is so vastly different. It's – a little weird, but I like it. It's a good show so far. Um, and I'm not a fan of all this clown stuff on social media, like, at all. Every time I open my phone, there's somebody with a clown picture or something, and I just can't do it. This is just no. 
So these red no. balloons that I'm texting you right now, these little red yeah. balloon emojis, you don't like Not that? okay with it. Not right. okay with it. Got you. <sighs> Even <laughs> Doug the Pug got in on it. We'll float for pizza. But ah. whatever. Um, and then I'm Kingsman, Statesman, or whatever they're calling it, Kingsman the Golden Circle. Yeah, I'm excited I, for that. We really enjoyed the first one, and this one has Channing Tatum playing a cowboy with some sort of lasso that cuts people in half. They're the Kingsmen it's, from the states. They're the oh, statesmen. They're I no, just oh. Have you seen the Red Banner trailer with all the bad language? No, I have not yet. Okay, have you seen the regular trailer where he's like, "That's yeah. pretty cool," and he's like, "Yeah, it is." Mm-hmm. Well, that's he doesn't just say yeah. It's more oh. Like, yeah. Okay. And it's just so funny because you got the British guy. Oh, that's pretty cool. Like, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's just like. Mm. Uh, we'll I, see. I just don't want him to turn it into like some sort of god-awful Magic Mike G.I. Joe soul-destroying experience. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, no, I'm here's excited. Hoping. I am. I'm excited for it. And the, the, little, the little clips and, and previews I've seen today since it opens, well, technically tonight, um, I, uh, I'm, I'm I I'm pumped for it. I I really want to see it. So I did see it as we said earlier. I thought it was pretty good. We won't go into it because I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. I just I don't want to traumatize you anymore. Um, I did. I I I I devoured Monster Hunter Siege from Larry Correa. Everybody who listens knows he's like my hero. I did get to see him at Gen Con as well. I saw him give a talk about uh, publishing, and then he did a one hour Q and A. Just we got to come in and talk to him about writing and what writing was like and that was really cool um but monster hunter siege is just great it's another it's one of those where you go through a fantastic story and it's building on a lot of the stories before and then you're like oh this is so cool and then it just like the end leaves you open with like oh it's like oh i gotta wait another year for this to go on he's he, the story is so big at this point that it's just you can't wait for next year to get that next story out it's so good i love monster hunter um, so I finished that and I'm listening right now to, uh, Abaddon's Gate by James S.A. Corey, which is, uh, you know, that TV show on sci-fi, the expanse. Yeah. It's that's the series. Oh, it's uh, book three of that. And it's, the books are fantastic. The show is great. Um, there are obviously differences between the show and the book that you have to do just for budget and, and time constraints. Um, but it's really good. It's really good. Like the show's good, and the books are just fantastic. I really, I really enjoying um, these stories. Um, what I didn't realize is James S. A. Corey is two people. Uh, hmm. They they're co-authors, and uh, they uh, they've just been working together as with under this one pseudonym. Uh, and and doing this story and it's it's so good it is so good if you if you have a chance and uh, you want to get into a good science fiction series um, that really is just a really it, it it's a very cool universe they built that's that's the one you want to go to it's it's really great so and that's it for my other so uh, a lot that is. we caught up folks. Yeah, yeah, that's a month and a half. You of, are all up to date on the life in Alex and Dave, which uh, is probably far more than most of you wanted. So, yeah. All right, so uh, let's take a quick break again, and uh, when we come back, 
we'll try to in fact we'll try to just get through the uh, the whole of Blight War if we can. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll be back. Finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. And we are back talking Blight War and the new war in the realm of beasts. Yes, yes. Uh, so, uh, Blight War box. First of all, it, models great. These models are nice. Um, I like the Horticulus Slimex, the guy on the snail. Uh, mulch. Mulch is yeah. the name of the snail, not Gary. It's mulch. It's mulch, right. Um, I like I said I like uh, that model. I know some people didn't, you know, because it's it a looked, great model. It is. It's a great model. My uh, my daughters were looking at it because uh, I, I got the set and I split it with uh, Brandon. And Brandon was spending the night here. We were not spending the night, but he was here that <laughs> evening, and we were watching uh, watching some movies. And he was building the model. Bless you. And uh, when he finished it, he's. No, oh, look, it's so great. And my daughter's like, how come that snail has feet? And I said, so that it can move five inches on the battlefield, because you know, otherwise it's a snail. It's not going to move anywhere, so it should have feet. He's so, adorable. Yeah, he is. He's cute. And uh, I just, I love the I love the story behind the, the model and everything, and we'll get to his story later. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, 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 you know... <sighs> It's another small box set. They're introducing this new this new bit of the story. You know, the story's continuing um, through a through a small battle, and that's basically what this whole box set is. Um, the The story is a continuation of what we've already seen. It's um, most of the actual booklet that it comes with is a rehash uh, for anybody who didn't know what was already going. If you weren't playing uh, the game and weren't up on the Realm Gate Wars, it is a quick recap of the Realm Gate Wars, and then uh, this is what's happening next. And it's literally this one little group's battles in the names of uh, Papa Nurgle and Sigmar. Right. 
and it's set in the realm of beasts and it's weird because for the last two years we've been so used to Papa Nurgle being all hard to go in Gyran going after Lariel and trying to take over the realm of life we're now switching gears and fighting in the realm of beasts yes. so it's a different switch from what people would normally expect for Nurgle because he's been in life forever now we're in Gur. And I found it weird because they mention Excelsius, which when we did the City of Secrets episode is the home city for the Knights Excelsior. Right. Which are the white ones, or the off cream and uh, gold ones, but we have the Hammers of Sigmar playing the protagonist. Of course you do. They're the poster boys. I know. I just... I kind of wish that he had done the Knights Excelsior and done something a little different to mix it up so it's not just the Hammers of Sigmar every time. Yeah. I agree. And there's a little bit about Excelsis in here and stuff like that. So, uh, you want to jump into the lore for this? Sure. All right. So, let's see. What do we got here? Uh, War in the Realms. And it gives you the recap. You know, the Realm Gate Wars were big in battle, big and bloody. Um, you know, we sealed off key portals at the all points. Um, it wasn't the, you know, it wasn't the overall victory we wanted, but hey, you know what? And this also leads into like Firestorm and the Seasons of War and stuff like that. We were able to close off some of these gates. Uh, once we closed them off, we knew they'd be trying to come through. So we, you know, before there were giant cities built around them. Uh, at this point, we were we built basically bunkers around the realm gates to defend in case anything comes through, and then cities sprung up around there. So, but you start to see, you know, these cities coming back, and of course, uh, and it says, you know, revenge when it came took many terrible forms, but none was more gruesome than that inflicted by Nurgle. Uh, and then you get a little, in case you don't know about Nurgle, it talks about how great he is, how he's. You know, a jovial, generous god who lovingly crafts his plagues. You know, all the all the stuff that we all know and love if you already follow the lore. Uh, after it talks about that, it jumps to Sigmar. Uh, tells you how he, you know, how he held on to the core of his planet until Dracothians sort of found him. And then they, they you know, colonized the realms. And, uh, and, you know, he found the other denizens of the world that was. The, the other gods and sort of formed a, a pact. I did like a little bit here. It says uh, he's a warlike deity and his temper is thunderous and his wrath swift and terrible to behold. Yet he is wise too and just. Those circumstances have made him cold and hard. I like that description of him. You know, it's like he's a good guy, but he's not a friendly guy anymore. It kind of speaks to the duality of the nature with the Stormcast. How they start more humanoid and become that cold, hard edge. Yep. The more times they die. So it's kind of, it's good to see that that kind of mentality and his temperament carries into the armies that he's created. Absolutely. They're, 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 they're keeping all the parts fitting together properly. Um, now they do mention how in the cities of Sigmar, once the uh, Stormcast showed up, Rank upon rank of free guild soldiery, flagellants, dwarden, and elven warriors joined the fight. So I'm like, ooh, hopefully we're going to see more of that stuff coming out. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, and then once that starts going, that the Sylvaneth and the Caradron Overlords jumped in, the Seraphon jumped in, everybody jumps in uh, and starts doing this, and then we start holding the settlement. Now, page five. I don't know if you noticed this. Um, column three. All right. Now, there's just a little bit that starts before it, you know, like to start the sentence where it starts. They talk about how the new settlements come out and they're trying to purge the taint of chaos from the land, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it says, priests and wizards purged the taint of chaos from the land and reconsecrated the ground with the blood of the faithful. Wait, what? Like, does that just mean that when we fought them away, many guys died and that... Or were they... Because that sounds like after we won, we went and blessed the ground with blood. Like, am I reading that wrong? Or is this... Because that sounds... Like, that... That sounded weird to me. They re-consecrated the ground with the blood of the faithful. And this is after, when the realm gates had been secured, storm keeps were raised nearby, towering fortresses garrisoned by Stormcast Eternals prepared to repulse that most determined chaos offensives. About their feet, settlements coalesced. Vast labor forces, entire guilds of engineers and architects, and rivers of material flowed out of his ear to feed these communities. Priests and wizards purged the taint of chaos from the land and reconsecrated the ground with the blood of the faithful. No, that sounds like blood magic. Okay, it sounds like that to you too. That's weird because, like, blood magic is not something that Sigmar was ever known for, even in the world that was. He had one little dabble in it with the world that was, but that was not. I understand, like, what the flagellants do, and they work their hands to the bone or whatever, trying to reconsecrate. So there is a blurb about there that. Their blood, sweat, and tears is what's reconstituting the land, so maybe that's got something to do with it. But the way it's written is it sounds like blood magic. Okay, so, okay, I, I, I'm I not crazy then. Like, I read that the same way. Well, not in this case, but yeah. No, no, you're absolutely right. It definitely sounds like this is ritualistic-type sacrifice stuff, which is not what I no, think they're intending to say. No, that's what I said. I'm like, wow, that's just like, oh, please don't don't say something like that and 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 and, and just leave it because then it just leaves it like that, you know? Yeah, no, I believe that is the toil ish of all like the flagellants and everything. I'm actually going to pull GA order real quick just to make sure I'm telling you folks right because now I got to double check. So you can go ahead and keep going, Dave. I will. Okay, and while we're right talking about this you. now, the. Um, Excelsius is the largest city in these newfound cities. That's the city from uh, City of Secrets, isn't it? It is. Okay, good. Um, because they talked about that. The white or the white armored Stormcast Eternals protect their city with such zealous determination, their own civilian populace fears their wrath. And I remember reading that. You know, when they, Remember, because City of Secrets was that first book where we got a, a view of Stormcast from the normal Joes. Yeah, and dealing with the White Reaper, Lord right. Veritant, and everything. And I just found it Excellent. with what the Devoted do. So this is from GA Order, page 126. Um, As the Storm of Sigmar rolls across the mortal realms, it is the Devoted who follow closest in its shadow. Across the tortured land, they march in huge chanting processions, blah, blah, blah. Throngs of flagellants blessed the ground with bloody feet and chanted prayer. 
when they encounter men or beasts corrupted by chaos, they fall upon them with rabid fervor. So it is their blood, sweat, and tears that is going to reconsecrate the land. So there it is. Okay. Okay. It makes more sense once you tie those two. But if you're reading that as a one-off paragraph, it sounds like blood magic. Well, and but. like I said, if this, if, you know, obviously with all the recaps of everything that's already happened and explaining who Nurgle is and who Sigmar is, this is obviously here for, you know, I mean, we can read it and get new bits out of it. But this is also for someone who maybe didn't brand new. Yeah, and so you read that and you're like, bah, 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 and you do it just like that too. Bah, 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 so you know that's weird. So all right. Um, now they do mention also uh, from Excelsis the uh, the spear of malice, this vast splinter of the world that was. Mm-hmm. Which I don't remember. I, I remember this from the story, but I still don't exactly know. Apparently, there's a big chunk of the old Warhammer world just landed on, in this realm. Yeah. It's just a big shard that the city is built around is what it is. And um, they're, uh, they mine this. and it For prophecies and everything. Yeah, so... That's one of the things that's up there that they're doing. Um, so they're just, they talk about that. They explain that. Um, and if you want more information on that, folks, do our secrets review. It'll make a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. You can always go back to that. Uh, let's see. We get to this stuff where they start talking about, uh, once again, explaining all the Realm Gate Wars. And we don't need to do all that. Um I'll give you the quick recap, the important things. Um, he basically, it, it talks about how Nurgle lost the realm of life. And he's upset, okay? Um, if he would have gotten the realm of life, his power would have, he would have become ascendant, even over corn. Mm-hmm. That much power would have seen him ascendant, uh, except he failed. And so... Nurgle becomes morose and withdrawn, disappointed in his followers' failures, and despondent at his own. Uh, his wars go into remission, and for a time, his power fades. And then you see that they talk about how Nurgle, uh, Nurgle's whole power, he's very cyclical, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, he goes through cycles because it's his whole life, death, and rebirth thing that he goes through with his followers. Um, so basically, Nurgle doesn't stay sad for long. In fact, he he snaps out of his doldrums rather quickly, seeing himself as selfish because his moping isn't helping anybody. So, um, basically, he realizes, you know what, I've been so focused on the realm of life that I've pretty much ignored everything else. Like, he realizes his big mistake. So, he's like, that's it. I'm going. Uh, he's going to go, he's going to keep fighting in the realm of life, but he's going to also go after other places. So what he does is he summons Horticulus Slimex, the Grand Cultivator. And he is going to go out, and the Grand Cultivator is going to go out and start spreading Papa's diseases everywhere, not just in the realm of life. The realm of life would have been the key spot for him, but it doesn't have to be the only spot. So that's there's your plot right there. Papa Nurgle was sad. Realized he was being a doofus, 
and now he's out, got a new plan. Papa's got a brand new bag. So Anyway, so what he decides to do is he sends out Horticulus Slamex, the great cultivator, to go and sow despair, quite literally. Yeah. If you look at the model, he's got a plow attached to the back of mulch. Which is so awesome. It is. It is a very literal interpretation of the emotional aspect that he's trying to do by making it actually grow like a crop. Yeah. Between the slime, the acid slime that comes off of of um, mulch, off of mulch, and all the diseases that he has at his disposal from Nurgle, he's literally farming diseases. Mm-hmm. He's Nurgle's farmer. It's 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 actually kind of brilliant when you think it's it's so obvious, and it works so great. Um, they do give us the uh, space, the Nurgle space timeline mm-hmm. for this season. Uh, a couple of things I thought that uh, I thought were interesting. Um, Sigmar does see the Grand Cultivator as a very as a threat, he's a very particular type of threat. Like he's a he's a very specialized weapon. So uh, he calls in Neve Black Talon, and that's that's part of the student. He calls in Neve Black Talon, um, and then also you've got they bring in this character Lord Dynastus of the Shadow Hammers. So we're bringing in the Vanguard Auxiliary Chamber. Because why not? We haven't used them in any of our stories really yet, and they're the new thing for the Stormcast. So let's 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 put them in the spotlight. I think they also wanted to use them because they are the hunters, yeah, and trackers of Stormcast. So I think they wanted to push that aspect to them that it's not just this massive drop. It's these guys can hunt too. Yeah, I I, I like the concept behind this part of the army. I have not found a way to make it work because I am not that clever. I play dwarves and other things that have lots of armor and stand there, and if they take your punch, they will hit you with a hammer. So this really clever movement stuff, I mean, the only other thing I ever played is death. Here's 800,000 zombies. If you kill them all, I'll probably raise more. You know? <laughs> that's you know, that's how I play, so... Uh, but I do like the models, and I like the idea. So now that I've got extras from this set, I'm I'm going to try to make. Uh, once I get it built, I'm going to start practicing with it, seeing if I can do anything with it. But so they're on the hunt. They're on the hunt for Horticulus Slimex. That's uh, that's the thing. So amidst the high snows of Forca, they uh, they they run uh, Horticulus's army to ground, uh, and Black Talon. Finds him, goes after him, and literally says it, she came within a hair's breadth of taking his head from his shoulders. Yet he escaped and vowed vengeance. So that's the type of things that are going on here. Um, now, this, you know, having someone like Nave Black Talon, who is apparently just a sociopath in good guy armor, um, you basically, she is a a blunt object. Yes, she is. She is. You point her at a specific 
enemy, and like she, she's like a she's a hitman, basically, isn't she? Yeah, she's an assassin, realistically, for Stormcast, which is a new dynamic to their character. Yeah, which is something we've not seen, and this is generally true of Knights Zephros, which is kind of her classification. These are people that are their whole job is to go out and kill. And we've seen some characters with Stormcast that are like this, but not to this hard edge degree. Well, I mean, all Stormcast's know. job is to go out and kill. And, and a lot of people like to use that knight, the, the, the knight Venator, he's the guy with the crazy bow, right? Like I've got the yeah. right name. Yeah. A lot of people like to use him, you know, as to, 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 to pick off a guy, but her whole story is, like, you know, she walks in, Sigmar hands her an envelope, she opens it up, it's got a name, she'll show up, she'll be back when that guy's dead. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, br- like, she's just brutal. Um, so, uh, basically, you know, she's after this guy, and it's just, it gets crazy. And after that last part where she almost took his head off, and I guess that upset him. And got him going crazy. And so uh, what winds up happening is that Nurgle himself said anyone who kills her will get the full bounty of his gratitude. So he's Nurgle has put a hit out on her at this point. <laughs> and that's basically where the story kind of comes up to. He puts a hit out on her. She's hunting uh, Slimex. And they get up to... Oh, wait. Oh, excuse me. Oh, goodness. I told you I was congested. That sneeze was wonderful. Um, that's basically where it comes up to the whole story is now they're they're together at this place and they are both trying to kill each other. And he's try- uh, Slimex has a job to do. Meanwhile, she's trying to kill him and he's trying to finish his job while killing her. Pretty straightforward, I'd say. Yeah. It's but, pretty direct. Yeah. Um, and then basically the rest of this booklet, you get info on Slimex, you get info on Black Talon, and then, uh, there's like three. Yeah, it's three different battle plans outlining parts of the campaign and little skirmishes, the rear guard luring into a trap and the final con, the final conflict between the two at a realm gate. Right. So I did like the – I think you got a lot more into the characters with Black Talon and with Slimex because they actually spent time to talk about them. A lot of the special characters and named characters at this point, we haven't gotten a lot of story behind because their entries have been so small. But with these characters, you get a dedicated page to each one of them. Yes. And you get – I got a lot more into Slimex than just – Oh, he's a farmer riding on a snail monster that likes to do things. He's actually got a rep amongst the Nurgle, often referred to as Old Sour Seed, because of his unpleasant disposition, almost complete lack of humor. Which is weird among Nurgle. It's not, though. It's just an extreme, because plague bearers are not jovial, happy people. They like to count all the different diseases that Nurgle springs to life. The Nurglings and the beasts are the giggly ones. 
Yeah, but so even, he is even the plague bearers have those weird smiles on their faces, though. Like, yeah, there's they, happy count. Yeah, but yeah, but that's still there's happy in there, you know. Like, yeah, they're all sort of. I mean, they may not be doing stand up, but they're 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 not you know raging corn beasts or or demonettes or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know. Now I did like that they explained why there's a nurgling hanging off in front of mulch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they also explain that apparently that particular Nurgling is often used if they call him Old Sour Seed to his face or something like that. So then he captures them and then dangles them out for mulch to try to snack upon. Yeah, it's like it's like the it's the carrot in front of the in front of the horse here, right? And they go through with what slant mix is and what mulch is and mulch is plays a much bigger portion to this story because he is everything that horticulturist needs from clippings and sacks of rot spores to all this paraphernalia and fat maggots to snack upon. But mulch is resilient. He is tireless. He just keeps going and going. He's got the gruntle plow attached to him, which is what sows all of these horrible diseases that forged by Nurgle's own hand. Mm-hmm. This is Nurgle's own plow he made. So, yeah, it is a device that tills the soil with seeping corruption, mashing together corpse meat, spilled fluids, and the disease slime of the snail beast that pulls it. Yeah. So without mulch, there is no horticulturas. Right. No, it's great. In fact, what, one of the things I liked that about the horticulus that we didn't get into too much is it's rumored that he was the first demon Nurgle ever formed. Mm-hmm. And whether that's true or not, there is one thing that is true. Um, he's he is he's not only has he been one of Nurgle's favorites ever since he was created, he has never fallen out of favor with Nurgle. And that is and that is they literally say he is the only servant of Nurgle probably almost all the demons gods that can say that. He's never yeah. let Nurgle down. Nurgle has always been pleased with him and his work forever. Mm-hmm. I think the only two that may rival that would be like Skull Taker for Corn or the Changeling, but with Nurgle with everything in him is so cyclical. So you have your rise, you have your fall, and you have your rise, and you keep going back and forth. But he's plateaued at the top. Yeah. Which is something that is different specifically with Nurgle Demons. Yep. Which is a cool thing. I'm glad that they introduced the guy that is the top and stays there. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, and then the last thing they talk about basically is that he goes around with uh, the befouling host. Because, of course, that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. those are the guys who who lay out more plagues than anybody, and so this is this is the guy you're facing, the guy who literally, him and the giant monster he rides on, are probably some of the most virulent, um, uh, disease ridden, um, servants that Nurgle has. Everywhere they go, disease and pestilence and plague pops up behind them. That's just really cool. Mm-hmm. 
They did a very good job describing it and kind of like how it goes through. And I think that plays more into the Allegiance ability when we'll talk about it later yeah. with the cycling. So, uh, Do we want to talk about Neve Black Talon? Uh, yeah, I think you can talk about the new poster girl. <laughs> uh, let's see. Little bits of description here. She's a living weapon. Her only concern is her duty to Sigmar. Uh, and the death of her next Mark. Um, yeah, she's a hitman. Yeah, well, she, hit woman. She's an instrument of his will, and she'll accept neither defeat nor death until her duty is done. Uh, she fights with the Shadow Hammers. Um, they are the most decorated, most honored of all of the Vanguard Auxiliary Chamber of the Hammers of Sigmar. Um, let's see. Do 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 do. He uh, uh, they they have been further trained by their leader uh, in the specialist tactics of suppressive fire and close assault, allowing them to rapidly pick apart the enemy forces. And she she is like their champion and their good luck charm. <laughs> yeah, she's like yeah, the this mascot handy, almost. Yeah, yeah, this handy badass with a pair of axes is the good luck charm. Yeah, that that's good luck right there. Yeah, it is. I mean, because she, she, dude, she never, she never has failed to to do the job. Mm-hmm. What else do we got here? Um, they have the little box out to describe what a knight Zephros is. Yes, which I think was good because this way they identified her as part of an actual classification of Stormcast. Besides, just here's an awesome chick with two axes. And they even say how they how Snigmar pairs these knights up with the Vanguard Auxiliary Chambers to hunt down, which is like very symbiotic with the relationship of the tracking, the hunting, the kind of merciless mentality that the Vanguards have to have with their job, the hit and run operations. So, but in the Stormcaster book and the review that we did, they don't. They aren't just simple assassins, but this one is. Yeah. Um, in fact, they're like a special breed. You've got a little bit of myth in here. Um, back when Sigmar first was running around and battling the giant mythical creatures of the realms, he fought the Ulfdenarl, the great wolf of the howling winds. And as he killed it, um, he trapped the endless baying cry in a crystal shard. And so the the cry of this great wolf, the big, the howl of the great wolf, is trapped in this crystal shard. And um, when he creates that these knights Zephyrus, um, these these single warriors like Black Talon are given a portion of that wolf cry, that wolf howl. Um, so they come through and they're blessed with the, a, a bit of the wolf's instinct, the swiftness, the single-mindedness. Um, you know. Now, are they all female? Uh, it doesn't say anything about that. It just good. says that they're killers and assassins. Good, good, good. Uh, but he picks them specifically for this task and those picks specifically for this test are gifted with part of this eternal wolf howl they are given this wolfish ability and they are the guys who are sent out for the singular task of killing go when you absolutely positively have to kill this thing 
a very specific thing. These are the people you send. There are no wolves on Fenris. Oh. Uh, hey, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Uh, so basically, guess what? Guess where Slimex is going? Where is he going? He's going to Excelsis. Of course he is. That's the only city they talked about. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Now, I thought this was interesting. Um, they said the city's leaders, because they have all these prophetic, you know, it's the city of prophecy. You know, if you're a fortune teller, shouldn't you see this coming? And, yeah, probably. But it actually says right here, um, they, it, 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 A, it's not foolproof, and B, Horticulus's sewing was so esoteric it would defy easy detection. Like, what he does does bring about destruction, but not directly. And it's very subtle and right. very well hidden amongst the natural order. Right. So it's not going to show. So they're like, oh, we, we've got we to gotta get, we got to go get him. And, of course, as they go chase him, he, uh, he breaks his whole party up into three spots, going after three different targets. So they won't know exactly which target is, is his. Uh, unless, of course, you're, you're Neve Black Talon and you have wolf sense from your wolf howl uh, imbuement and you can literally sniff the chaos taint that is stronger where the leader went uh, as opposed to the other two. So nice try, but she's still coming for you. And that's when we get to the, the, the stories. You get the rear guard strike uh, battle plan. Uh, then they try to lure them in battle plan. And then there's the battle pa- plan for the great sowing. Now, this last one, you know, the whole plan is he's supposed to, co- he's supposed to corrupt the gate. Mm-hmm. So that Nurgle can come pouring through. This, you know, the realm gates, just because the realm gate wars are over, doesn't mean the realm gates are unimportant, people. Yeah, there's still a significant way to travel, and Stormcasts are still bound by its lightning, and then Realm Gator death out. That's the only way you go. So, yeah. This is the only way people move around. So, I'm reading this, and it makes me wonder. Um, it says when she gets there, she sees the Realm Gate, its structure shuddered and groaned, bilious light spilling from it, spore clouds, and thrumming storms of flies spilled from within. Um, you know, he's basically, he, he went over and he covered it in all this disease, all spread it all up and all around on the gates. Um, the rum gate was beyond saving and she and her comrades, all they could do was halt the ritual before the gate burst like an overripe fruit and the garden of Nurgle spilled forth. So she's going in there to stop this. I mean, it's beyond. So what? They have to shut this gate down. They have to destroy it. They have to destroy it. So this is going to be one less gate. So even if Nurgle doesn't get it, they don't get to keep it. Mm-hmm. Well, that stinks. Yeah, they've had to do this. This is a very common thing we've seen with Nurgle. With uh, even just the Realm Gate Wars and the Hollowed Knights first crash into Gyran, you see the corrupted Realm Gate right there that Balthrax destroys on the way out. Or in Plague Garden, they have to destroy another Realm Gate in that book that's a Black Library book by Josh Reynolds, and if you've not read it, I strongly suggest you do. It's fantastic. It's probably the best one that they've come out with. Josh is 
quite a good author. And it's Nurgle versus Hollowed Knights. So it's not super related to this, but you get a lot more insight into Nurgle, which I think he definitely needs more time in the sunshine, not just because <laughs> he's pale and stinky. Um, so this is the thing. It's If we can't have it, you're not going to have it either. It's corruption for the sake of corruption. Yep. And that's basically the story. Literally the last the last uh battle plan. Um if Neve kills Slimex, it's a major victory. If someone other than Neve kills Slimex, it's a minor victory. If he's still on the battlefield after the fifth turn and she's dead, it's a major victory. If they're both around at the end of five rounds, Nurgle gets a minor victory. So the the entire last battle plan is those two are trying to kill each other. Mm-hmm. That's I mean that's 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 the whole enchilada right there. So uh, it really comes down to this this idea of of you know this the hit has been put out on each of them, and so, someone's not going home. So, mm-hmm. and that's the story. It's very simple. It's very straightforward. It's just one. Small battle in the overreaching wars after the huge battle that was the Realm Gate War. So that's that. Um, let's take our last break, and when we come back, we'll hit uh, Nurgle's got a battle trait in here, although they don't have all the other things with it. Uh, you got a couple of cool um, uh, War Scroll battalions. And of course, we got to talk about Slimex and Black Talon um, before of course we wrap we up. Do. So, we'll be right back uh, with uh, with the with the rest of it. So, we'll be back. garage hammer shirt who cares about him look at that guy with the garage hammer hoodie that's right guys nothing tells the ladies i'm one of the gaming elite like garage wear so hurry to garagehammer.net slash store and soon you'll be the guy at game night that all the gamer chicks are talking about remember boys first you get your gear then you win all your games then you get the chicks that's right, boys. The only gamers we notice are in Garage Gear. And we are back talking allegiance abilities and new war scrolls for Nurgle and Stormcast. Yep, yeah. Um, Nurgle's battle trait is the cycle of corruption, and this is fantastic. It is a clever... It's amazing. <laughs> it is a clever battle trait. Um, there are seven spots. Of course, there's seven spots. It's the s- sacred number for Nurgle for right. those that are coming in and don't know. So, Nurgle has seven... Uh, 
spots uh, in the cycle, okay? Um, and you never know where you are on the cycle. I mean, you know, just because you join a battle doesn't mean you join the battle at the start of a cycle. You could be joining the battle almost anywhere within the cycle. So literally, you roll a d6, and one of those six is where you start. The seventh one... You can't start on the seventh one. Um, why? Because it would it would be useless for your game to start on number seven. Yeah, um, and when we get there. Yeah, literally, you just, you just don't want to start your game on number seven. So, but so you roll the dice one through six, and um, you want to go through what these are. Sure. Um, so if you roll one, you start with unnatural vitality, where you add two to the movement characteristic of all neural units. Most of them are really slow. So this is a really good pick-me-up to get them moving. Oh, and by the way, I'm sorry. We didn't explain this very well. Oh, go ahead. Uh, so bef- at the start of the first battle round, mm-hmm. for any battle that's got a Nurgle army in it, uh, a die roll, okay? And then you see where you are. Um, and this affects both. So if it's Nurgle on Nurgle, you roll a die, and then both armies get this, okay? Um, every battle round, the cycle moves forward. Mm-hmm. So if you do it roll only a one, goes up. Yes. So if you do roll a one, you start with a plus two to your move characteristic on that round. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, but you could literally start anywhere. So it's not yeah. like this. Ne- it's not like this necessarily is building to some huge crescendo of power, because there's there's only five rounds and there's seven spots. So you're just somewhere. You know that could be the. Well, it, actually, the it could be the third. Because if you roll a six and you start on turn one on six, because you, you can't roll a seven, so it could be your first turn, or it could be a, you know it could be your third turn. Suddenly, plus two to your move, and then mm-hmm. uh, round the next one after that, after your plus two move, is a fecund vigor, plus one to wound for all attacks in the combat phase, for all Nurgle. Mm-hmm. So first you're moving quick. Now you're getting a next round. You get to wound better. Um, this does not stack. Once you have done that one, it goes away, and the new one, new things happen. So, um, what's number three? All right, this is the burgeoning. Roll a dice for each uh, unit within an inch of a terrain feature at the start of your hero phase. Uh, five or more. That unit suffers a mortal wound. If it was Nurgle, it heals a wound instead. So. With how much terrain there is on these tables now, this might do some work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you survive that, the next round is the Plague of Misery. Reroll Battleshock test rolls of one for enemy units, excluding Nurgle. Mm-hmm. So, Battleshock test of one, nope, you're not, no, you don't get that anymore. Yeah, and that they have to call out specifically the Nurgle stuff because with Nurgle demons, if they roll a one on their battle shock, they get models back from their banner, and Nurgle doesn't want to handicap his own buddies. Right, but for everybody else, mm-hmm. they're re-rolling. So, yep. All right. Um, after that, we have nauseous revulsions, which is re-roll wound rolls of six or more for attacks made by enemy units in the combat phase, excluding Nurgle units, of course. So it makes you even tougher. Uh, number six, rampant disease. 
At the start of your hero phase, pick D3 different enemy units, excluding Nerdle units, within 12 inches of each other. Each unit takes D3 mortal wounds. For free. Yep. Just, oh, they got to be near each other. So if they're spread out really far, you might not get all three. Mm-hmm. But you might not even roll all three, so who cares? You're still throwing out anywhere from D3 to 3D3 mortal wounds just at the beginning of the round because plague and disease. So, And then you get number seven, which is really good, but it also makes complete sense as to why you wouldn't want this at the start of your first turn. Right. And this one is Corrupted Regrowth, so Nurgle units heal D3 wounds at the start of their hero phase, which is amazing, especially given the number of high wound models that Nurgle has access to. Yeah. But you don't want this turn one because none of your guys will be damaged yet if you went first. Yeah. So, and it makes more sense. And we're, this is a big deal for a lot of Nurgle armies once they actually start playing. I think once... If and when this gets fleshed out, you will probably start seeing more of these big creatures. Because I don't see Beast and Nurgle on the table at all, which is unfortunate. So it's mostly just Plague Drones, Plague Drones, Plague Drones. You might see some Beast and Nurgle coming back with this specific thing because they just get so tanky. Yeah, and I think also, um, yeah, no, it's it's just it's good. And plus, if this is their if the, if if Nurgle ever gets a book. And this is actually their their battle trait. Mix this up with all the other stuff they're going to get their their other you know their their command abilities and their um and their uh, or their their generals abilities and, and their artifacts and stuff. Oh, this is going to be great. Mm-hmm. So that's the Nurgle battle trait, which is great. Now, um, you get two War Scroll battalions. And it's basically everything in the box makes up the battalion. I'm yeah, gonna... they did this with the uh, Spire of Dawn. Yeah, and they did it with the regular Age of Sigmar bo- box, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get Black Talon Shadow Hammers is the War School Battalion for the Stormcast. It's Neve Black Talon, the unit of Palidors, the unit of Raptors, the unit of Hunters, and the unit of Etherwings. Everything that comes in the box. Um, your abilities... In your hero phase, the Stormcast Eternal Units within six inches of her may move five inches as if it was the movement phase, but they can't run. So if the guys are all around her at the start of the hero phase, they just get an extra five inches. Boom. Go. Mm-hmm. All Stormcast Eternal Units that are within six inches. And she is within six inches of herself. So, Yep, she'll move too. Yeah. So it's just a quick jump. Uh, and then the other ability, if a unit from Black Talon Shadow Hammers makes a successful charge against an enemy unit that was the target of a shooting attack by another unit from this battalion, this turn, plus one to hit. So basically you got all these guys. If you can shoot it, and and it just has to be the target of a shooting attack. Yeah, you don't even have to hit. Yeah. So... You got your shooting units. All right, I'm going to aim at him. Boom, I shot at him. Okay, if you charge and get in a fight with him, plus one to hit. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Especially since with this battalion, it doesn't say how you need to arm your Vanguard Raptors. So you can give them the long strikes. So say they will always be hitting whatever the combat units are wanting to hit. Yeah, and with Nurgle getting kind of tanky 
and healing yeah. wounds and getting tough. You need you need this because they do kind of outnumber you. You want to take the fecund riticulturalists? Wow, that's a mouthful. Yeah. All right. I had to try it so, twice. This one is horticultural horticultures, um, the plague bearers, plague drones, and even nerglings. So essentially, what you get is you get to reroll hit rolls of one or of one for models from this battalion whilst they were within seven inches of Slamex. So it's models, is, not units. It's a seven-inch yeah. bubble, but that's still not bad. Yeah, and he's on a pretty decent-sized base, so you got to be close to him. And then if a unit, if the unit of plague bearers from this battalion is within three inches of Slamex at the start of your hero phase, you may immediately replace D3 of its models that were slain earlier in the battle. So in a normal situation, without the Taliban on Nurgle, you can't heal Plague Bearers unless they're all one on their battle shock. This gives you that opportunity to heal those Plague Bearers. So it makes them even tougher. You get to put D3 models back that you lost. Yeah, no, with how hard they are to take face. off in the it's first just, place. No, it's... Yeah. And so... It makes for it makes for a good it makes for a, a good couple of uh, and they have points so you could you could literally take them in 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 match play as well. Now I mean mm-hmm. they're small battalions. I mean they're literally it's not multiple units. It's Slimex and three units and Black Talon and four units. So uh, mm-hmm. you can make them large units, I suppose. You could, but it's a small battalion and. Um, they run up. They run you around a, a, about a buck sixty, buck eighty a piece. Mm-hmm. So um, you're paying for them, but yeah, the but bonuses, you're not, you know, are, are yeah, you're good. not paying out the nose for them. I think is the big thing, and the black talon one is really good when you combine it with what she does. Right, and let's want you want to get to that because that's the last things we've got here. We've got. There's literally only I mean everything in here we've seen before except for the two the two new guys battle scrolls or war yeah, scrolls. Everybody's so. we've got already. So with Black Talon, she's faster than the average Stormcast, moves six instead of five, three up save and six wounds. The good old nine bravery. She's got the bolt storm pistol that we've seen before, except hers wounds on a three. Instead of a four, so it's two shots, nine inch range, three to hit, three to win, run, nothing, damage, one. And then her axes, she's got seven attacks, which I thought was weird that she gets the number of attacks that's the sacred number of Nurgle when she's fighting Nurgle in the box set. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Which are also three to hit, three to win, run, one, damage, one. Now, it says that you, she's got a really nifty rule called lightning fast strikes which is for each hit roll of six or more made by Black Talon in the combat phase, she can immediately make another attack. When you combine that with her battalion, she's now doing that on fives and sixes, which is pretty awesome. And if you get a Lord Celestin in there, she's now getting another attack on four, five, and six. So she can really get revved up yeah. with regards to how accurate she is on this hitting stuff. Um and then she's got Tireless Hunter, which is what the Vanguard Hunters have, so they can run and shoot in the same turn, but you can't run and charge, unfortunately, with her, because that would be amazing. Yeah. When she targets a hero, her attacks have damage two instead of one, and that includes the pistol, 
which is interesting. That's if they target a hero. So she clearly wants to go kill characters. And then the last ability she has is very unique. I don't know how else to say this. So essentially what this does is when a unit uses the Ride the Winds Etheric ability within six inches of her, which is anything on a Griff Charger, the Lord Celestint on, or the Lord Aquilor, or the Paladors, she can follow along with them and move the same distance in the same manner, providing that she ends the move within six inches of them and more than three from enemy models, and then she cannot run or charge in that turn if she uses this ability. So, well, neither can, can they, though, right? I mean, when they yeah, do that, neither can they, but they don't necessarily that's a huge want move, to charge. Though. I mean, don't it, they? You know, it is. It's a sixty-six move for those that are not um, hip with it and don't know what that is. But with the Black Talon Battalion, you get a five-inch move at the start of the hero phase, and then a sixty-six move. So, on average, you're looking at a twenty-six-inch redeploy with these guys towing Black Talon along behind them. And now not only that, these guys are on these, you know, the little Chocobos. They're just flying. She's running behind them. Yeah. It's just great. Like, dude, she's just, she's just tough. She is. If I'm playing Stormcast, I would, she's a hard consideration for what she does and how many points she doesn't cost. But, it says that she's hammers a Sigmar, so I don't know if I would ever play with her because I, I don't have the Golden Boys. Yeah, whatever. <sighs> yeah, she's from Hammers of Sigmar and always wears their colors in battle. Oh, and per the FAQ, she is a hero. Yes, it's not on the list here. They missed that. Yeah, now you can't give her like named like any sort of artifacts or command traits or anything like that. No, because she's a named character. Right, but she's still. She's still pretty awesome for what she is. Yeah, she can, she can she has the potential <laughs> to do a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and where is where's my boy Slimex? Hold on, here. No, here we go. I've got him here. I knew he was here somewhere. And her nemesis, Horticulus Slimex. Um, he moves five. Save a three, bravery ten, like all Nurgle, eight wounds, okay? He's armed with loping shears that he cuts his enemies in half with, and he's on the back of mulch that snaps at people with his slime-encrusted jaws, okay? So, um, his shears, uh, three attacks, threes by threes, one rend, D3 damage. So, that's not that's not bad at all. Uh, mm. Mulch does D3 attacks, threes by threes, two rend, two damage. So they both do. They both have rend. They're both averaging two damage. Well, he does two, and, you know, the shears average two. Um, so they're no slouch in a fight. Um, they've got disgustingly resilient, so once you take a wound, you still got a five up. Ward against mortal wounds and regular wounds. Um, what I do like are his other special abilities. Okay, so you can reroll failed charred rolls for friendly beasts of Nurgle within seven inches. So if you take beasts of Nurgle, 
Um, they can reroll charge rolls, and they can reroll hit rolls of one for Beast to Nurgle within fourteen inches of him. Yeah, and they get a lot of attacks, and we've not seen anything that really gives a lot of love to Beast to Nurgle lately. He fixes that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I like I like that. I like that they were given Beast of Nurgle. A little attention because I like Beast and Urgle, but they just you know, and they're not even on the list. They're like not in the battalion or anything like that. But hey, bring them because he likes them. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, all friendly Nurgle models or all friendly Nurgle units within seven inches heal a wound every time a unit is wiped out within seven inches of him. Not a huge thing. Um, if you can wipe out a unit. You got a couple of units in front of him, even if whether he's right up in the center or he's just behind him. Some some unit dies within seven inches of him, then you get a seven inch bubble where everybody gets a wound back. So it's not- Yeah, and it's not just enemy units, it's any unit. So even if a single beast dies, everybody heals a wound if it's near Slamex. Yep. And then the last ability, and this is this this is the abil- this is the ability that I like you know this is the, this is the, the the money ability here. Every enemy unit within three inches of him, when he starts to make a retreat move, takes D three mortal wounds. So he starts to he ret- if he, he retreats, every unit in three inches, and he's got a decent sized base. Takes, yeah, he does. Takes D three mortal wounds because they're slipping in the slime trail. That acidic slime mixed with body parts and guts and all that mess. Um, they slip in it, and the acid does damage to them. So that's his other thing. It, oh, look! I can just retreat and divvy out mortal wounds to everyone around me. Mm-hmm. Which, if you're fighting small elite units of Stormcast, there might be three of them around you. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to retreat. And do a lot of damage on the way out. Exactly. It's just, it's great. It really is. Yeah, a lot of people look at that ability, it's like, why would I ever want to retreat from combat? But if you're playing the objective game, you have a character who is a tank, but doesn't necessarily want to stay in protracted combat. But if he can get away and kill somebody on the way out, why not? Exactly. So that, my friend, is everything. That's uh, that's Blight War. That's your new characters. That's your new. Uh, that's your new abilities. Your that Nurgle. That Nurgle uh, ability, allegiance ability, is is. Just, I love it. It's yeah. so it it fits the lore. It's so lore centric, and it's still good. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just sitting there going, "Wow!" You know, no matter, and it's almost like it doesn't matter where you roll on this chart because it's changing every turn. Like it's you're, it's going to be good. I don't think I want to roll a six. I don't think on turn two I need to be healing D three wounds to all my units right away. No, you'd probably want a three or four. Yeah, but you only get five turns. Mm-hmm. Remember, and so, you know some games only go to four turns. So maybe you want to roll that four. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I look at it as when are you going to get into combat? And with Nurgle stuff, 
because they are so slow, you may not see combat until turn three or four, and that's when I want my six, my seven to hit. So, or maybe towards the end of the game, it just kind of depends. But obviously, you want to aim on the high side. So, it's just that one where you get to do damage within range of terrain is so good. The number yeah. three. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, if it's 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 fun. Everything in this is fun. Cool new models, a little bit of a little bit of fun stuff, and I just I really I'm really enjoying it. Um, I'm glad that I have someone who plays Nurgle, so that I was able to split the box. Um, but I like, you know, it's for what it is. You get a really, and this is a great box, sort of to introduce the game to. I like these boxes where you, it comes with a battalion. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, look, you, you each have a War Scroll battalion worth of stuff. So it, I, I think that's important because it sort of covers all the bases, all the cool little rules that pop up in, uh, in Age of Sigmar. So if you're learning how to play, you're still like learning all the, all the things. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And because you have two characters that are named characters, you don't have to worry about artifacts or traits or anything like that. So you can just go straight with, here's the allegiance abilities, here's the actual army special rule that they have, and here's what your other guys do. Now go play. Yep. And I think, what, it's about 900 points for the... uh, For the uh, Stormcast... For everything, including the battalion, and then I uh, think that sounds right. And it's about nine hundred points for the. It's not you know, I don't know that they're exactly the same points because you because you have options with the stormcast because you can yeah, take the long you, strike or the hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you get more points in stormcast technically because you get the four units instead of three. Because even the, the Aether Wings, Wings at sixty points. Yeah, but you still look at it, and you're looking at about how much is that? About six hundred points, not including the character or the battalion. No, it's so eight eighty, and the yeah, other one's either eight eighty 880 or nine hundred. You're almost exactly the same. Hundred and two, three hundred. No, get, it's actually a lot different. Don't you get how many plague bears do you get in the box? You only get ten. You only get ten. Yeah. I thought you got more than that. Oh, so that is way off then. I was counting. I thought you got 30 in the box. Yeah, it's only about 780 points for the Nurgle half, and it's almost 900 for the Stormcast half. Oh, okay. So it's about 100 points off. You're right. Yeah, but with the Stormcast half, you don't get a battle line unit if you're going to apply this to a larger game because the Hunters are only battle line if you have a... Lord Aquilor. Oh. So you could play this at... Well, so I guess the points really don't count because you couldn't play this as pitched battle legally. Or you'd have to add stuff to it. Yeah, to play it in a normal pitched battle game outside the box. So, But obviously, if you're just playing it to play it, then it doesn't matter. Right, but still, just saying, if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you are equating points to power... Sure. They're pretty close. They're close-ish, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, I guess that's about it. 
but yeah. I, like I said, I was, I was, I'm pleased. I'm pleased with this set. I'm excited uh, for the new, the new unit. Um, I, I, I'm hoping to see Slimex on the table. Yeah, I've heard people say he's not worth it, but I think he's got a lot of potential. Yeah, it depends on your list. You're going to have to build it sort of around him, theme it a little bit. You know, I don't know. I like seeing the cool new models. I know Brandon wants to play him really bad, so I'm going to see him. And we'll see how That's he does. That's good. Yeah. So, um, should we wrap it up? I think so. All right. So, folks, um, I guess that's it. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with uh, we're talking Firestorm. Uh, please don't forget to check out After Olinor, the Horus Heresy Book Club on the Free Buddhas Network. There's lots of great shows on there other than ours, if I may say ours is great, or at least somewhat good. Uh, also, check out the Patreon page. And let's not forget to thank Wesley. Wesley, only name Wesley, for, for joining us as a Patreon patron. You are now one of the almost 1%. All right. Anything else, Alex? Did I miss anything? No, I think we're all set. Um, oh, I did put you... up a YouTube video. Yesterday. Oh, you did? Yeah, Warhammer t- or Garage Hammer TV. Yeah, Garage Hammer TV. Go and uh, subscribe, please. Um, it is uh, about the 40K Reaver push fit models, but it was a cute little video. And we are going to be doing, obviously, I do a little 40K, but we're going to be doing a bunch of AOS stuff on there, too. So that's, cool. I guess that's that. So, folks, until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hand. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at garagehammer. And Alex, that's me, is at some kind of geek thirty. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at SoundCloud.com slash Claire Seabrook Music. Finally, if you want to join the Garage Hammer community, as well as the AOS community worldwide, you can comment on our episodes in the show thread at the Grand Alliance Forums. That's TGA.community or check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening.